Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Aiden's Weapon is a hip-hop artist who originally hails from Edmonton, Alberta. Born Roland Pemberton, Cadence Weapon currently lives in Toronto, though his heart remains in Montreal, which he called home for quite a while until just recently. Five years since releasing his last album, Hope and Dirt City, Cadence Weapon is back and at the peak of his considerable power on his new album. It's self-titled and out via E1 Music. So Roly and I spent some time together talking about his life and work and how all of it is reflected in his newfound artistic approach. Part of the Entertainment One podcast network and sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts, this is the 375th episode of Creative Control featuring Cadence Weapon with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. It's been, what, four or five years since we've talked on the record? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Where have you been? People are wondering, where have you been in five years? It's just, you know, I was on a desert island somewhere. I just listened to the same five albums. What were the five albums? That's a, <laughs> those desert island disc questions are hard. Yeah, not, not li- I wasn't doing that. You weren't doing that. No. Okay, we won't go, that's too personal, I think, no. if we delve into that. No, but it's been, I mean... Public creators, when they take a little absence or work on their next record, people get whatever concerned, you know. But I mean, it's very common. Uh, what, what, I mean, in a nutshell, you've moved a couple. T- yeah. How many times have you moved? I well, I I moved from Edmonton to Montreal, and then since then, I I moved from Montreal to Toronto. That was about two and a half years ago. Yeah, you're in so, Toronto now. I'm in Toronto now, um, and all this new album I totally did. Primarily in Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like it's only been in the most more recent half. Although, I don't know. It's the weird thing about like when when you create things and the things don't come out. Yes. People uh, don't know that you're making stuff the whole time. So I would say since my last album came out in 2012, I've probably made like 
over a hundred songs. Really? Okay. Yeah. A hundred. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> there's twelve on this record. Yeah, there's twelve. But they put out a single in March, right? Yeah. Connor McDavid. Yeah. And uh, probably other stuff that I missed. A couple, like not really though, like oh, a couple okay. songs. A couple here and songs. There. But um. No, these are the 12 best ones, though. They're my 12 favorites. (laughs) So in the director's cut of this record, we'll get the other 88 songs at some point, maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, still, like, more heat, too. There's more heat. But I I have to say, like, when when this record gets going, it feels like I'm listening to a guy who's pent up, ready. You're all in. You're just in. Mm -hmm. The rapping is phenomenal on this record. Thank you. I think it's fantastic. I don't think you get enough credit for that stuff. And it just seems like, and and I think as we go, we're going to talk about the whole record. I think I'm sensing a stylistic tonal mood shift here that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, I feel like that's why I called it just Caden's weapon because I feel like it's like the d- distillation of like who I am. Yeah. You know, like the, the intersection of like rap and electronic music, which you hear on this album, that's like my wheelhouse. That's my vibe. And I feel like I really have a much better understanding of that and myself. Yeah. You know, and I feel like that's, you know, the, I focus so much on the rapping. Like I really wanted to, I felt like I had something to prove, Yeah, you know, because it's like I've been around for a while and maybe I haven't been as active as, you know, other people have, but I feel like, I did never really got the kind of like recognition for rapping that that I think that I believe that I deserve. So I think that really pushed me to to go harder. You why, know? why do you suppose that is? I mean, some Canadian artists suffer a Canadian phenomenon of not being appreciated in their own country. Uh, maybe they get uh, lauded elsewhere. I mean, you had an international record deal at one point. Yeah. You had a you had a homegrown. A label deal at one point. You had a lot of press, cover mm-hmm. of Exclaim, like lots of stuff that you got Players Music Prize nomination. I yeah, mean, yeah. it felt like you got a fair amount of recognition. Yeah, but it's, it's not from um, the rap people that I yeah. want. You know, it's like I, I felt like maybe the way that I was presented was really not super reflective of who I am initially. You know, like I feel like there was this kind of like, oh, this is like bedroom rap or it's mm. like this like lo-fi, like ex- like weird rap or something. And I never really thought of myself as being like that weird. Like I was, I, in my mind, I'm competing with like all the mainstream rappers and I think I can like rap in the same room as these people. Yeah. You know, but um, for some reason, other people don't feel that way. And maybe it's like partly my fault in the way that I made these, the old music, like my old albums, like I'll admit, like some of the stuff... Some of the ways of rapping, like I got songs that are like more like spoken word, like stuff that's not rhyming, like kind of weird structures of songs, like using all these like live instruments in a weird way that like doesn't sound like rap at all. Like I can see how it doesn't read as mm. like super. I'm I think I'm a technical rapper. Or you something. are, yeah, absolutely. I really believe that I am, but like I don't know. For some reason, also I've had trouble with people like taking me seriously. Yeah. I don't know what it is or like they think I'm being like sarcastic or it's like irony or something. And yeah, I, get I mean, that. that figures into some yeah. of my lyrics, but it's like that's as a songwriter. You're clever. I'm j- Yeah. You're yeah. a clever, witty guy. And I think you did tap into, for lack of a better term, like I think, I mean, maybe this is my perspective, but you tapped into like indie rock a little bit. Like you knew what mm-hmm. was going on in the country when you emerged. What was it? 2005? 2005, yeah. Yeah. And I think at that point there was a, an indie rock boom. That was the circuit. And, and that was, was just like the scene I came from. Though, yes, that's right, you know, from Edmonton. In, Edm- yeah. in Edmonton, like yeah. all my friends were in like indie rock bands yeah. and electronic bands, and like I didn't really super resonate with the rap scene there. But that was the beauty of hip hop for me was that it was one of the most open ended 
generic signifiers, if you will. Like I just thought hip hop would appeal to me beyond the politics of it was the freedom. It just felt like you could do anything in it. And you, I, th- I thought, were a great uh, exemplification of that. That's how I always saw it. Yeah. You know, I never I never saw it as like, oh, like, you got to keep all the crunk over here and you got to keep the underground and then another room and traps over here and, like, the rap over electronic music's got to be somewhere else. Like, yeah. this is all a part of a continuum. Yes. You know, and this is like, this is what I've, I, I think rap is the most beautiful music in the world because yeah. it can subsume all other genres within itself. It's like that one Pokemon that um <laughs> that that takes the powers from other people or or Rogue from X-Men. Okay, I I don't know these things. Like when she, when she touches you, she gets your power. Right. This is now starting to remind me of my interview with uh, Harrison, who you worked with, where he was just <laughs> yeah. talking about stuff, and I'm like, I it's maybe a generational <laughs> thing. I think of myself as a nerd, but nerd people are there's certain nerd people where they nerd they nerd out about things that I don't nerd out about, and so there's like not a galvanization of our nerddom. It's a different nerd era. It is. Maybe. So like I don't know. My son was just asking about Pokemon this week, and I was like, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, he really wants Pokemon Go. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's the one with the phones. Yeah, that's the one with the phones, and you're like flicking. And people get with hurt. The phone. Yeah. I don't know if the, people get hurt. Well, they get distracted and they're looking at their phone for like a fake virtual Pokemon, right? Yeah, but I mean, He's you can six. turn you can turn that off where it's like I in the world. Okay, I don't want him doing that stuff. Anyway, this is just I <laughs> I think I understand what you're saying. I think that all cultural I don't know, realms have outliers who do things unconventionally and I think maybe that's what happened with you. Cuz you were like, okay, you get embraced. I think you got embraced by that indie rock world. Yeah, yeah. That can alienate some rap purists. Totally. Uh, you were the poet laureate of your city, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. There's just some things that happen to you where the other thing is, I think people like to champion people that are on the come up, and maybe some people thought he's good. Like, he's a, good. yeah, like I've become, it's weird, like in regards to like press and like notoriety and stuff. I could be considered like an establishment figure. Yes. Like I, I was nominated for players like alongside like broken social scene yeah. and stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, so people associate me and think I'm like maybe like even like the same age as people who were in bands at the same time. Yes. But I was like 19. Yes. You know, so yeah. I really feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah, now. yeah, totally. And I mean, it comes through on this record. There's so much hunger and I think rage and also like like you say, like I think you're trying to prove yourself mm-hmm. to people. And I will get into this. I want to begin uh, by talking about the beautiful album artwork, uh, which uh, people who are listening obviously can't see the, the, the cover right now. <laughs> Maybe they can look online and, and look at my uh, my website and all that stuff because I'll post the cover there. But it's essentially like a comic book kind of creation, right? Yeah, like um, Adam Wado and I, we are really old friends. Like We met in Montreal and he lives in Toronto now. And I gave him basically the vision I have for the album cover. You know, like the one thing I didn't want to do was just like a photo of me like in front of like a graffiti wall or something, mm-hmm. like some, you know, I didn't want it to look just like the way a lot of covers look today. So I really wanted to tap into kind of like, we we te- we, we saw it as like an 80s comic book vibe, right, like an right. 80s alternative comic style. And for me, I wanted to like throw back to all like the Funkadelic records that I grew up around and, you know, like all the old like reggae records that were like, an- like all animations and, um, I think he really tapped into that. Like, um, I wanted to have like little kind of Easter eggs and like old mm-hmm. rap jokes. Put a couple of my friends in there, like Jacques Green and, and his girlfriend Sophie there on the cover. And like, right. there's like little like callbacks to things in the album. Right. Like, I want to bring it back. I want someone to be like really stoned and look at the vinyl cover <laughs> and be like, whoa, because you know that's like what 
you know, when I when I was a kid, I used to just pour over like all the liner notes and all the like. I was obsessed. Like I would look at the publishing names, absolutely, liner of notes. all the producers and stuff. And, you like, learn so much from liner notes. I love that. I love yeah. like seeing the, the, what they want to name their publishing company. Like yeah. I, I all the way down to that. Like I loved everything about the whole package. Yes. So I wanted to make something that was like a really tangible, like very beautiful, like fun thing to look at. Like an object that stands alone, whether it's music or not. You know? Right, right. And Adam, so you gave him some direction in terms of what to conjure. Yeah, and he had his own like reference points too that he brought to it. Like he he was referencing, you know, like an album I don't really know that well, like uh, Dookie, the cover oh, the for, Green Day. Oh yeah, Green Day. Yes, that's right. And like all the references in that, and I was like, okay, yeah, let's flex on that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There's a few that come to mind for me as well. Okay, so that's mm-hmm. fascinating. All right, well, it's beautiful. It's a lovely cover. And Adam's a musician. I know Adam is a he had a band called Adam and the Amethyst. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. and um, and he's like really well known as an artist in Montreal. Like oh, okay. every poster that you see, he's designed basically. Oh, like, I didn't know that. All blue skies turn black posters in Montreal. It's a promotion company. He's the he's the guy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's mm-hmm. great. Well, it's a and I I like this. It feels like uh, you're you're really trying to reestablish yourself, which is a nice it's a nice thing to see. You know, I, I feel like you're like hungry to prove something, and it comes through in every aspect of the record. I want to begin. Uh, talking about the record with uh, the very first song, Own This, yeah. produced by Gibbs. It's seven on the upside of eight. We're still in the motion right here with the black experience in sound. And let it be known right now, E-Town, the first lady in my life, brought forth the magic and the continuation of T-E-D-D-Y. On the junior side, that's right, if I don't get you... It's too wild here in the building right now. I got my afro kick stuck in my ear right now. I think I'm Huey in this bitch. Yeah. All to the beat though, one, two, run through like I didn't want to hear three go. All for my people, working in the back, waiting for the bus to the depot. Sipping on vino, pinot, grigio, staying low key, that's a we roll. Tougher than Devo, on the block, hotter than beast Puerto Rico. One life to live like Sebo, wanna stay dipped in Moschino. Might see a nigga on vivo, might hear the G flow on. Rinse FM, getting reloads. Rock for the C-No, speak like a keynote. Know I got queens of the East Coast. Freaks in the West, freak come dressed, talk dirty, but I always rock clean clothes. Living off rap, whole team giving me dab like I just shot a free throw. So much cash in my crib like I live in BMO. Got a young nigga going beast mode. Old school like Game Genie, winning with a shit, but I didn't use a cheat code. Cheap ass running for the repo, man, damn, just got your cheat toed. All those comments, delete those, don't give a fuck what you seen, bro. Don't give a fuck what you tweet, bro. Not really rushing to say I got stuff to complete, so hold up. Got so much, don't won't fold up. Did it with my team, no one control us. No one can hold us, I'm old as a scolder. Shine like we're cold in gold us. You know what? Yeah, I own this. And like always, you know I'm on my own shit. Got my own team and we write our own hits. Need my own AP on my own wrist. Trying to raise my salary, get my family what they need. No time to sleep, I ain't out here counting sheep. Money coming slow, gotta bring it up to speed. I'ma be my own man, won't let nobody own me. Okay, so at the very beginning of this song, it's a sample of my father. I wondered if that was actually your dad. Yeah, it's my dad on the radio. And it's from when, right when I was born, basically, like the day after I was born. Um, and he went on the radio and was just like, yeah, like, 
basically saying like, you know, if if I don't get you, my son will. Yeah. I was like, okay, I gotta like this album. I consider it to be like almost like a rebirth oh, for okay. me. Yeah, and so it's like I thought that was the perfect way to start it off. Now, why would your dad have had the occasion or the access to be on the radio? Oh well, my dad was a radio host. Okay, there yeah, you go. for at CGSR in uh, in Edmonton for uh, like twenty years, and that's like a community college radio college radio yeah. station. Okay, yeah, but he was he was kind of like a radio like hip hop radio pioneer. He was like the first person to play rap in Edmonton, right? You know, and like so many people from like that community, they always whenever I see them when I'm back home, like uh, always give me props and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I used to listen to your dad all the time. Like he he was kind of like a notable figure. You know, yeah, in, yeah, in in Edmonton around that time. Yeah, well, it's I, I figured that was him, but mm-hmm. I also was like, what are the odds that he has a sample of his own father saying that? But uh, I I just like found that relatively recently. Oh, um, my mom had a bunch of tapes from his shows, and I was like, whoa, why didn't you ever tell me about this? What kind of tapes? Like cassettes. Oh, like actual cassettes. Yeah, tapes. like that okay. that she taped off the radio. Yeah. like in the eighties. Oh, yeah, you're a young guy, so your dad would have said this in like uh, the eighties sometime. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I got them digitized. Oh, sweet. And uh, I couldn't believe when that came up. That's I was a, like, it's oh incredible. It's an incredible sample. And then uh, the music is uh, produced by Gibbs. Who is Gibbs? Gibbs is a guy from Oshawa. Um, really, that I I met through. Um, a guy named uh, Ricardo Chung, who manages a bunch of artists and stuff, and yeah. he he was working with E1, and um, he just he was sending me a lot of beats from like all kinds of different producers, and I noticed the beats from this one guy Gibbs, and they were like very like off kilter, like strange music, and um, I really resonated with it. I was like, I want to work with this guy, and it started with him just like sending me beats, and then we like started getting together and like producing stuff together and yeah and like we we recorded maybe like 20 songs i mean we we recorded like on you like and a, gibbs yeah like wow. a whole album together essentially okay. he's like really one of the guys who like when i started this project um that really got me like hyped into like recording and getting um getting like a rhythm with with, with the music well it's so, a weird beat like it kind of comes in and out it's kind of skittery and it's yeah. strange yeah, it's funny because it wasn't one of the ones that we really like consciously were like, we're going to make this song together. Yeah. Like it was after we were doing a recording session for something else and I was in his car and he was like driving me home and he's like obviously his producer. So he just like listens to his own music all the time in the car. Yeah. And a random beat came on and I was just like, whoa, what is this? He's like, yeah, no, I made this. <laughs> It's like, whoa, you're holding out on me, man. You know, this is right up my alley. I could rap to this right now. And I, rec- I recorded a demo of it, like, the next day. Like, really? I was, like, ready. ready like, when I, when I hear a beat I really like, it doesn't take me very long to make a song. Now, uh, are you someone who actually writes out your lyrics, or do you try to go off the top of your head a bit? I mean, my process is, like, it'll usually be, like, kind of fragmented, where yeah. I'll, like... I'll, I'll uh, come up with the flows. Lately, I've been coming up with the flows first. Okay. So, like, I'll, like, figure out how I'm going to wrap it and record that in, in uh, notes on my phone. Yeah. And then, like, I'll, like, fit in the words. Like, I'll make notes of lyrics on my phone. And, like, I love, like, snatching little, like, ideas from, like, day-to-day things. And, like, things will pop in my head. But, yeah, I, I generally write it all. Okay. But it is, like, kind of a fragmentary process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were saying you work on the flow, which, for people that don't know, is kind of like the, the, the cadence. Yeah, the cadence will. or, like, whatever rhythms for each section right. that I'm going to do. That was, like, a big thing on this album for me is that, like, I wanted to, like, come up with some new flows that, like, people had, had never heard before. <laughs> it's astonishing, honestly. Like, I mean, I as you know, I've been following you for a long time. Mm-hmm. In your work, and like I, I know you're capable of this. I've heard you yeah. do it from time to time. But your flow on own this is, I mean, you you say it's a rebirth. 
this is one of the hungriest things I've ever heard you do. You're mm. just, it's amazing. Now, talk about this this theme of own this, this this thematic flourish. What what did you want to uh, you know kind of convey there? Well, for me, this song is really about like self reliance. Yes, you know, and really, you know, I'm getting organized with like my business side of music because in the past, like I've had like some issues with old label people and like old management who are like maybe not looking out for my best interests you know and and, um i feel like this is my way of being like never again you know so how has that manifested itself who you because you often also on this record as we'll discuss i think talk about your team your crew Mm -hmm. this is a new team or a new crew like so i hear a lot of i hear a lot of like i'm doing this now i'm in charge look out I'm I'm ready to go, but mm-hmm. also allusions to your squad. Yeah, I mean, like you know, it's a village, right? No, I I know that. Yeah. So this this is a new village. Yeah, these are, it's new people, it's new label, it's new booking agents, new like new everything, new. But it's also like re- referring to my friends and yeah. and people who've given me advice, and I feel like a lot of people steered me along the way to get to where I am now to finish this album, um, get, helped guide me um, spiritually. Yeah. You know, and I I feel like that's very important in my work, you know, because usually my music is a reflection of where I am at that time. Yeah. And, like, it's really affected by my mood. I felt like my last album, Hope and Dirt City, um, I was in a very, like, negative space of mind. Like, I was, like, kind of, like, sad. And Your rapping was downcast on that record. Yeah, yeah, and it was say. more introspective yeah. and more, like, yeah. spoken words to the point. I felt like sometimes I would go so far into, like, doing this, like, rhythmless like structureless rap style that people would be like this guy doesn't know how to rap but hmm, that's not, fascinating because well like your average person they just listen to something they don't think about like the context before what I did before who I am right. like they don't care about right. that they just hear about what they hear with their ears I guess every song or every guest spot every feature is a first impression for someone potentially exactly. and if that's it that's it so exactly. yeah, I think I was listening to I was listening to Breaking K Fave. I was listening to Hope and Dirt City uh, in preparation for this. Those two in particular, and mm-hmm. because um, I just wondered where this, uh, as some again, like as a fan of yours, I kind of was blown away by this new record, and and I almost was like, where did this come from? Mm-hmm. There must be some lineage, and they're almost like when I hear Own This and a few of these other songs that we're going to talk about. Like where it, did that come from? It's well, not. It's it's like a new cadence. It's a new thing. flow. It's a new style. Yeah. And I feel like part of it is I used to rap like this live. Yes. This is something that like maybe not a lot of people know, but like I was like toying with this double time like fast rap style, and um, it was my shows were like getting really frenetic and really hype, but I couldn't really figure out how to like record it mm-hmm. or get that energy in the studio. And then I kind of like you know went in different directions. I wanted to have a band. I wanted to like focus on other things. Yeah. But then I started thinking back. It was like, man, I used to be like just killer live. And if I can get that down on record, you know, I feel like that is this is like really like who I am. Yeah. Like that kind of style. Like yeah. the fast flows. You know, is is the essence of my music. But I think, I think also there's control here. Like it it is more frenetic and on one level. But like you would like when I think of a song like conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's just a section where you're screaming. Yeah. Which I also thought is a reflection of your live show. Because mm-hmm. you would get, mm-hmm. there was a punk rock aspect to your show. Definitely, definitely. And then this one is more about, I think, rap technique. Yeah, technique, bit. the rhythm of it, yeah. and like 
just on a technical level showing people that I can like not only play within the rules but also like go as far as possible within the structures of of what rap is considered to be. Yeah, emancipated and damn they hate it. Yes. It seems like that uh, speaks to a few different things going on in Yes, your yes. It's all about personal freedom. That's so important to me lately. Like in the last few years, I think it's something that I had to figure out for myself. Yeah. You know, I, my times in Montreal like um I had trouble like recording. I didn't have like the proper infrastructure sometimes to like really even record myself or, you know, I was I was very unfocused as a person at yeah. that time too. Like, I I, I came out with uh, Home and Dirt City in 2012, and then like in the years after that, like I was recording demos with like my friend Phil Carnif in a giant loft space that was just like people would be doing an after party until like 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. and then I'd come back the next day and like record in the same like party space with like a bunch of beer cans and shit everywhere. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like not. A super like professional feeling and I feel like the music I was making at that time reflected that yeah so it took me a long time to really get focused again and I think I really obviously I attribute that to moving to Toronto mm-hmm. but I also attribute that to you know kind of being more thoughtful about like who I keep around me and who who working with more people and collaborating and like bouncing ideas off of people because you know if you I, I consider now my old music to be very solitary hmm you know, okay. like it's very introspective. Like no one else is really involved. It's, I write all the songs. I produce all the beats. Usually, yeah. some of it I just recorded it myself. So right, I see. Okay, well, I think we're going to talk about Montreal uh, uh, more mm-hmm. as the the record goes on. I'm thinking of Five Roses in particular and some other yeah. songs. But anyway, let's move on to the the second song on the record. This is Destination. Once the people see my face, all they see is race. Look at me with distaste, and they make haste. Black Ace can't be replaced. When I first hit the frame, I looked out of place. Now I'm back with some new bass. Trying to do some new things in a new space. I write pictures that you can't trace. To imitate 4K in a soundstage. You niggas tripping like a suitcase. If you think you can rip it like how I did it, I'm different. You need to switch your position. I'm on a new wave. Like I played in your rhythm. Trying to take sweet dreams, bring them into fruition. Trying to take enemies, put them into submission. If you got equity, we could go into business. We ain't really got to speak. I just want you to listen. mentioned Harrison uh, earlier, and he is credited as a producer, but who's got the hook? Uh, that is Angel Deardorian. Deardorian? Yeah. Who is Angel Deardorian? Angel Deardorian uh, is a musician. She's based in New York, and she used to be in the group Dirty Projectors. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was one of the singers from that group. Oh, okay, and, okay. Um, she's been sampled by The Roots, and like I always tell her like rappers love her. Yeah. You know, like there's there's a certain quality of her voice, and just like she's just an amazing creative artist. Like I really admire her a lot, and we we linked up and became friends during uh, Red Bull Music Academy in Montreal. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. um, I was there hosting lectures. You know, like I interviewed Mike Will Made It Mm -hmm. and um, Alex Tumay. And she was uh, a part of like the production team, helping people like record tracks and giving people advice. Yeah, and. yeah, we uh, became really good friends there and like just stayed in touch. And I was just like, I need to have you on this album. Nice. You know? And it came together. How did you connect with Harrison? 
Harrison's a guy like I've I've always had in the periphery of my mind, like especially since I moved here. Like it's just like I kept seeing him around, and I was just like, man, I got to get a beat from you. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's one of the guys. Like I feel like the thing about this album is some of the people that I work with, like him and Kate Renata in, in particular. Yeah. Um, they remind me a lot of me when I was younger. Yeah. When I was like first making beats and stuff, like they have that kind of like wild spirit of just you know experimentation. And that I, I think I had. A, a, a weird like it's weird, but underlying pop sensibility yeah. in particular. Like that's when I when I listen to Harrison, I'm like, oh, he's a pop smith. Like he, yeah. I know when I talked to him, he kind of described how he's just sort of making everything up as he goes along <laughs> and just gotten better and better and better at it. But there's a real pop thing there, and it comes through in this song. I think he, when he is older, he's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, he's going to be like Stevie Wonder or something. Yeah. by the time he's like thirty. Yeah, because he's teaching himself how to play instruments and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it's it's an amazing song in terms of uh, the lyrical content. Is there anything you want to? Again, great, fantastic rapping. Um, you know, I noticed something. Yeah, and I don't know if. I, one of the reasons I went back to the old records is because I wanted to verify this, and I, mm-hmm. I think I'm accurate here. Yeah. I've never heard you use the N-word before. Yeah. Is that right? That's possible, yeah. I mean, you might have here and there, but, like, th- and I, I can't say no, it. Not as much as on this album. <laughs> it's I, I, all over this record. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, the first lyrics on this song, Destination, um, when some people see my face, all they see is race. Look at me with distaste, and then they make haste. There's a lot of... And I don't know if it's all personal. There's a lot of like anecdotal uh, lyrics about racism, yeah, and encounters between uh, people who, you know, that tension, that awkwardness. But obviously, we're living in a time where these kinds of issues are, are, are a little bit more out in the open. These sorts of conversations are happening more. Can you talk about what has informed your decision to incorporate this word? Yeah, I mean, I feel like in my previous work, like I felt um, reluctant to express that side of my life or, you know, really even talk about the racial stuff or, you know, I, I kind of was more focused on like, let's just make some crazy music, whatever. Um, but I don't know, over the years, as I get older, like, I feel like I have a better knowledge of self and I think a lot more about myself as a racialized person. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it wouldn't be, um, a good reflection of, of the album if I didn't like, you know, rap kind of more like how I actually talk or, mm. you know, or or about the things that I'd want to, that I want to talk about, you know, and it's like, I don't know, I feel like it's, to me, there's like a, a lot of power behind that word. And I think, and I think it's, it's, it can, I feel like there's just so much to, so much to navigate with it, because I feel like everyone, there's so many people who use it in a different way. Like, it's like, we're trying to take it back or, we're trying to like you know get re, like switch the power over yeah. you know yeah. I mean sometimes I, you know it's like when I that first line that you mentioned on the album like uh, on that song um, it really is like about how I'm perceived you know and people say you know they try to act like Canada's different you know than the states yeah you know but it's like it's it's actually worse because it's a little more um, you know it's under the under the radar it's like in in the fabric of everything. It's you know, cha- like that, the, that under the radar thing. I think is changing. I mean, because we of, know people are talking about it more, and racists are being more outspoken about being racist. Yeah, that's a big thing. That is true. There, well, they they feel as if we're in a time where they don't have to hide it anymore. Yeah, um, which some have argued is actually somehow good. Because, yeah, because at least you know, in this time of lies and fake news and tr- but also truth telling well, it's nothing new to me man because no, it's like know, as yeah. black people like people of color it's like i knew yeah you know like i see it 
You know, I yeah. I know my experiences. I I felt like in the past I didn't want to be like harping about like oh like woe is me like this shit happened to me or whatever. You know, like I wanted to be bigger than that. But you know, I feel like it's like a duty of mine that I you know I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like I guess this album is like me being kind of you know bigger and blacker a little bit. You know? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I appreciate that response because uh, it it. You say it's a powerful word. It's something I noticed, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to say about Destination? Yeah, um, Destination uh, is one of my favorite songs on the album because of the flows that I came out with on the second verse in particular. I, I feel like it's crazy. Intuition ain't what I'm missing. My vision vivid. Hang with women, they independent. Michelle Williams. I've been in it a minute, but now I'm back in business. I invented my own style, you quit the mimic. No intermissions, no intervention, no indecision. What they make in offense of what I make transcendent. To be specific, you're so defensive, Kawhi Leonard. You think it is what it is, but no, it really isn't. I've been up in my fitness in case you press the issue. Break you out with the quickness to take your sexual issue. Benevolent, never celibate, stayed relevant, I'm eloquent. I can turn this verse into a testament. Forever decadent, stay with the beverages. It's prevalent, it's evident. More with melanin, no evidence, so ebony. Stick with no cold remedy, ripping the shows regular, hitting the road heavily. Yo! And it's a really like it's a refinement of my old style. I find too. I feel like this song is maybe one of the closest to like something something someone would expect of me, but it's like the total refinement of that style. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's like I, I've said this a few times already. Yeah, your the flows on here are just in, they're just spellbinding. I have to say, like I'm just like holy lord. And uh, my wife and I were listening to this last night, thinking the same. I, she was the same because she's the one who basically fished out Breaking Fabe from the pile of promo CDs I had. And she's like, oh, Oliver Square. She's from Edmonton, yeah, as exactly. you know. She's like, oh, he's talking about Edmonton. So then we popped it on. And, and anyway, so she is uh, also really uh, interested in you and your work. And, and yeah, we were just marveling. I have to say, yeah, yeah. I, I, ho- I hope I'm not uh, over-flattering you, as I tend to do on the show sometimes but with people. But, man, it is ridiculous so no. good work yeah thank you thank you thank you <laughs> let's move on to uh, uh this was one of the earliest um i guess it's an early single mm-hmm. my crew yeah woo woo <laughs> <laughs> To all my Milan friends and my park at Connects All the kids in Little Italy, the punks in St. Henry Plateau bros and the crew in the D's Cause you know when I do it, you know I do it with ease Made some moves with my music, you got a couple degrees Might see me using maneuvers, I got a few on my sleeve Become so fluent and ruthless, so underground in the sewer Like DOS effects with my set, my sound progression is proven You think it's all an illusion, must be the booze you're consuming Talking shit with your clipper, when all alone is confusion Acting like beefcake brutus, when typing on your computer Give you losers a bruising until you need a transfusion My niggas don't run when it pop off, might rock camo when the cops stop Might cop a Lambo with a drop top Make your job drop, why you hold with a crop top? Better make light smoke with your pot chops And the hot spots fall off, nigga, not that Want me to stay poor, nigga, stop that Better fall back to the toe wearing all black song features uh, production by Kate Renata. Yeah. So this song is the oldest one on the album. And the development of the song was kind of like, I don't know, it, it started in Montreal and like kind of ended here in a way. 
but um, definitely the first time I met Katronada, we were both DJing together um, in Montreal at a venue called uh, Cabaret Underworld, which doesn't exist anymore. It's called Newspeak now. Okay. And um, yeah, we, it was me, him, and uh, Prince Club was DJing. And I wasn't really familiar with him at that time. This would, would have been like a few years ago. But, you know, I heard his set. And every song was absolutely incredible. And it was like this new kind of music that I'd never heard before. I was like, what the fuck are you playing? <laughs> and he's like, I made all this. How would you was, describe his music when you, for people who don't know? Well, yeah, at the, definitely at the time of hearing, I was like, this has like this like Jay Dilla-like quality to yeah. it. It's funky, but it's like super hard rap, but it's very electronic, you know? And, and, and it's like got like a, the, the excitement and spirit of house music and like especially like classic house music, like Chicago house but it's like also got this kind of off kilter funk to it and this weird like rhythm that is so singular. It's like it it's, it has those reference points, but it's just itself. It's Katra music, you know. And um, it's his I was, own thing. Yeah, I was very excited when I heard it. I was just like, "Yo, what is with this music?" And so yeah, once he told me he made it all, I was like, "You need to send me some beats." <laughs> Obviously, right? And he did, and he sent me like a pack of like tons of beats. Yeah, and like I went through them. Actually, the first beat that I picked for him. From from him, uh, I was like, "Yo, can I get this one?" He's like, "Oh no, it's taken." Fast forward to like the future, it's the beat for the song on his album, uh, "Glowed Up." Oh, okay. <laughs> Anderson <laughs> Pack. So he was holding on to it for a reason, probably. Um, imagine, yeah, yeah, alternate reality where I got that beat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, the the you actually pay tribute to him in a way. You kick off your first verse by. Shouting out, okay. the line is, thanks to K- Katronada, my, my bass is harder. Yes. That's a nice one. And then, I mean, I'm not doing it justice. The flow from there is... Thanks to Katronada, my bass is harder. Now the fakes don't bother to diss. That's the... Gotta thank my mama because she made me stronger when I had to deal with that shit. So I give my mom a shout out. I give the producers... I'm, I'm showing love. You're you know? showing love, yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's amazing. But, uh, you know, I start off that the song, because that was the second verse. I start off the song shouting out all... Montreal neighborhoods, you know? Yeah. That was something that was, like, really... I I wanted to make a Montreal anthem. And for, like, the Montreal that I experienced, like, not, like, Leonard Cohen's Montreal, but, like, the Montreal uh, that was, like, the kind of shabby, like, post-Godspeed... Mile End. You know, Mile End, yeah. you know, like, Casa del Popolo vibe. Mm-hmm. And just all... And something for my friends to get excited to. Yeah. Something that you might hear at, like, an after party. I wanted to make something that really, like... Could could like you know, just like burn up an after party in Montreal? You have a tendency to. Um, I don't want to say that you romanticize cities because that implies maybe it's a uh, it's overwrought or something like that, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not justified. But you develop these sentimental attachments to the cities you live in, which is yeah. I think normal. But you just happen to have this outlet where you can express your love for for these cities. And you continue to show love for Edmonton. Yeah, of that's, course, that's, of course. That's I mean, you. That's, yeah, that's my home. That's, that's you. And yeah. then Montreal has now become this huge part of you. Yeah, Montreal is where I really, I think, became myself for real. You know, like I, it really allowed me the space and time to be as experimental and freaky as I could be, and really like turn the lens around on myself to be like, okay, like this is like how I want to look, this is what, who I want to be, this is how I want to sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had, like, the competition around of, like, when I was, like, living there, it was, like, Mac DeMarco was my neighbor, like, Grimes is around the corner, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Blue Hawaii's over here, like, we were braids. all, braids, yeah. we were all on the same street, you know? It's yeah. like, I'd never experienced that before, where it's like, it's like the Brill Building, 
or yeah, something. You sure, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitmakers. Yeah, yeah. Canada's newest hitmakers yeah, are all there. Yeah, we felt really fly. We felt great. <laughs> but um, yeah, just kind of harnessing that energy, you know. And the reason why I do that is like, I really believe in regionalism. I love it. Yeah. I love um when I listen to a record and they really have a sense of the mood of a place and they've really captured it because it's hard to really explain what it's like being somewhere until someone has been there usually. Right. Yeah. Like knowing Montreal as, as much as I do, when you talk about these cities and these places, I I'm transported there. Yeah. And it's all about the, like the details and stuff. Like, you know, one of my favorite artists is the streets, like yeah. um, Mike Skinner. Yeah. He's extremely good at this and yeah. he's really good about like setting these like club scenes. Like, Oh man, it's been so influential to me because you know, the kind of music I make is made for clubs and like I've spent so much time in clubs DJing in them and right. stuff. And um, I feel like there's, there's, and this comes up in the album, but like kind of like dance floor politics and like there's this entire like culture and like life that exists only at night and in these spaces. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like there's so much stuff to mine in that in, in music, you know. You mentioned that you love Montreal. We've established that. Mm-hmm. Why did you leave? Uh, well, actually, um, I left because my girlfriend got a job in Toronto. So it wasn't really like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm dying to leave or anything. But, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll go with the flow. But it's actually been very beneficial for me. You since actually I've been rap here. about this, I think. You rap about yeah, <laughs> yeah. Montreal with a woman to come here. <laughs> it's yeah. on the next, next song. Next song, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, that, yeah, so it, it's been like a weird byproduct of living here. That everything has been going so great, and I've been like making all these like different like business things that I would have never crossed my mind, or like yeah. you know I've been doing like voiceover for Viceland and stuff. You oh, know? okay. Like, I've been doing TV shows and stuff. You got and, some work, yeah, out of it. Yeah. Okay, so it's actually working itself out. But you clearly love and miss Montreal. I mean, there's definitely like some time in my life like I'll probably move back there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you want to say anything else about my crew? Woo. Um, yeah, my crew. Part of the theme of that song too is like. This idea that of like the kind of like false humility of Canada where it's like, yeah, it's like you can't admit that you want to be successful, you know? Hmm. And my, my song is like me just being like, listen, I want all this stuff. Listen, yeah. I want like the Y3s. I want, you know, a nice car with incense in it. I want Tinted platinum, yeah, yeah. platinum and gold records. Like, fuck you if you don't like it. Sure. You know, this is what I want. Yeah. You know, and it's like this, like kind of like these. The first few songs on this album, it's all about like self reliance, and like and me like gaining knowledge of self. Whereas like I find the second half is more like okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, like let's like tell some stories. Yeah, you know, and like let's look at other perspectives. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things that uh, that brought that uh, that that really hit home with me, and we'll get to it later, is the song like High Rise. We were kind of talking about the reality of, yeah. uh, you know, on one hand, yeah, I want all that stuff. Mm-hmm. On the other, where am I going to put that stuff? Yeah, so we'll, we'll get yeah. to that uh, in a minute. Let's move on to the next song on the record, which is another powerful one called uh, Don't Talk to Me. When I'm on, niggas about to see the type of shit I'm on. Got phones in my face when I sing my song. Gotta know when to say that it's been too long. First came through, now everything different. Back then I had a shot, now a nigga had to pivot. Don't you fool, stop blocking me. Ain't making moves, don't talk to me. This ain't back in the days now. Used to go another way, now I'm on another wave now. 
when the first album came out Saw me in the videos, used to thinking nigga strange now Now I got my own lane now Used to stay in that mode till a nigga took a plane out Still got love, but I had to make my way out Signing on the dotted line, I couldn't really break out That is when I moved into the six Showed up and I wasn't on the list No endorsements, no sponsorships I ain't even have a part to piss Then it started really making sense Had to flip it, had to make a switch Realizing that I had a gift couldn't let it drift They think they're gonna fake it till they get through They're really gonna hate it when you do you They think they're gonna make it so you can't take control They wanna break, they hope it breaks you They think they're gonna fake it till they get through They're really gonna hate it when you do you They think they're gonna make it so you can't take control They wanna break, they hope it breaks you too When I'm on, niggas better see the type of shit I'm on Got phones in my face when I sing my song Gotta know when to say that it's been too long First came through, now everything different Back then I had a shot, now a nigga had to pivot Don't you fool, stop blocking me Ain't making moves, don't talk to me Don't Talk to Me, uh, which, uh, as I recall, was produced by Francis Got Heat Mm -hmm. Who is Francis Got Heat? Francis Got Heat is a producer, he's from Toronto and uh, he has done a bunch of beats. Like, he did a beat for Drake. He's done beats for Big Sean, like, a bunch of other huge-ass rappers. And he's, like, just one of, the, like, the really buzzing young producers here. He was on more. He did a beat on More Life, right, for Sampha? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did the Sampha song on yeah, that album. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, and um, I ended up getting some beats from him through um, through Ricardo. Again, R- Ricardo Chunk, shout-out. Yeah. <laughs> shout-out, Ricardo. Um, and just, like, I, I wasn't familiar with him at the time at all but like listening through the beats i was like wow this is like so mature and especially for like i think he was like must have been like 17 or 18 yeah or he's a young guy i believe yeah yeah and um one of them in particular really like excited me because it was like so unlike anything that i would normally make you know and it was like just kind of like this like super hi-fi like almost like ovo-ish yeah. kind of um very toronto sounding music yeah and i was like let me like navigate this because i've always wanted to make a song to me, this was my version of like, um, uh, bitch don't kill my vibe. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. You know? Yeah. It's got a dreamy but pensive quality to pensive, it. Pensive, like, um, there's like a seriousness to it. But like, it, it, the rhythm of it too, like, I wanted to make something really melodic, mm-hmm. which I don't really have, you know, melodies like doesn't figure into my music like a lot. Like in like the older songs, like, yeah, it's, it's, I find it very abrasive. My yeah. first album, particularly. Sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, this was me. I don't know. It was a real curveball for some people when they heard this because like, it definitely sounds like, closer to a lot of like mainstream rap that maybe is out nowadays i was going to ask if uh, i mean we, we've just established there is a now a vague ovo connection between you and this song and 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 the producer and, and whatnot but has ovo and drake like is, is this scene influenced you in some way i i wouldn't say ovo has influenced me but I, their impact on toronto has definitely influenced me because you're singing more on this record, too. Yeah, but I mean, like, I sang a little bit on the you last record. always have, yeah. Was, but it was more on a rock singing, and now this yes. is, like, more on... I find it to be more on, like, house music singing. Because that's a big have, influence to me. You had, like, an Ian Curtis singing thing maybe a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, do you know I, I covered Joy Division? I think I, I think I know this, yeah. yeah. And you've, Isolation. I, I think you've I rapped about Joy Division maybe yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, and, yeah. Or Ian Curtis. But, I, I yeah, there's a... I, I did think that, and I didn't want to be reductive about it because I've known you for a while, and I know you've been at this a while, and I didn't think that uh, what was happening in contemporary culture was something you were necessarily glomming onto, but I mm-hmm. did hear a bit of that influence. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, that's the Toronto sound, right? Yeah. Like, and for me, it's just like, 
the vibe of the young producers and like when I go to clubs here and like the music that I'm hearing out and like you know there there's definitely just like a huge wave of like new artists that are definitely influencing me like that 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 you know like the prime boys and stuff yeah. and you know like pressa and you've always been a very open listener like i always every time i uh interview you or talk to you you will mention something that i don't know and then i'll go try to track it down or mm-hmm. or something maybe that i also just haven't fully appreciated and yeah. i was like that like every time you once did a thing when my wife and i did our college radio show where you mm-hmm. brought music to the show yeah. and i was like oh like i just didn't know a bunch of it and then i was like what the hell was I thinking not knowing this stuff? So I think of you as like a, a taste-making guy. Yeah, I mean, all I do is listen to music. Like, yeah. when I'm not making music, I'm listening to music. And there's no exaggeration. Like, like 98% of the time I have earbuds in my head or headphones or something like You'd be surprised. I mean, that's refreshing to me because you'd be surprised how many musicians I talk to who are a little jaded or a little like I can't listen to music. Oh yeah, they're like yeah, I don't oh, the music on the radio sucks or something. Not even know? that. Or I like, think they're in their own practice they don't want something clouding what they Oh, to influence them. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like that's like man, you got to be super scary if you live like that. <laughs> I've got so many ideas. I have like an endless supply of like ideas like I couldn't be influenced that way. The song is uh, another assertive song and uh in terms of um Talk about it tells this, a story. Talk it, this notion. Talk about this notion of don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, don't talk to me unless it's productive. Yeah, that's the oh, whole point, right? Okay. Like, it's like if you don't have anything like that we can like actually build on or anything like productive. Like, I don't want to waste any time anymore. You know, yeah. I haven't put out an album in five fucking years. You know, like, <laughs> let's talk about some something I, important. You know, first came through. Now everything different. Back then I had a shot. Now uh, I had had to pivot. Had to pivot. There is a sense that you're shifting here. Uh, there's, in fact, you say had to hustle, had to hustle, had to make, make a, a shift. shift. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, and I talk about like you know, you used to think a nigga strange, used to see me in the videos. You know, like I feel like the way that I was presented in like music videos for my like early work and stuff, it was like yeah, I'm like this like underground like weird funky rapper and stuff, and I didn't realize how it looked. Because it's hard for you to be able to see outside of yourself. Yeah. But and and also it's easier to see things in retrospect. In retrospect, I'm like I'm so like not like that, you know. And like the, the songs like this, like this album is like such an accurate reflection of my personality. Right. Like yeah, I'm sarcastic. Yeah, I'm funny, but I can I can really rap. Yeah. You know, like it's like it really encompasses all these things. And this song also tells the story of like where I've been basically yeah. for this period of time. You know, like if anyone wants to know, it's in this song. You know, like. Moved, you know, had had to move out of Edmonton, moved to Montreal, left the city with a boss bitch. Now, like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a story. Yeah, it's a story, and okay. it's like I felt like I had to explicitly kind of talk about it, and also I talk about how like kind of like kind of like money things that that were like not going correctly, you know, with with regards to the people I used to work with, and um, that's how a- I needed to right the ship. You know, right? Yeah, that's a unfortunately a classic. I appreciate you're being a bit diplomatic about yeah, I <laughs> about mean, it and I you know it's like the way I feel like is I don't look back in anger. You know, like I'm always trying to move forward yeah. and I I don't think it's like that important for me to like I'm not going to like name names, I'm not going to yeah, like, yeah. you know, totally shit on the people I used to work work with. But um I will acknowledge that it did it was very hard for me to deal with and created a lot so many problems for me that it almost made me so I couldn't make music, right? I mean, this when people wonder where you've been, I wondered that too. That's a big part of it. Yeah. That's a big part of it. But I will also openly blame myself as well. Yeah. You know, it's like not just all that industry shit. 
it was also to do with like where I was in my life and like my priorities. Like, yeah, I was, I was like, I want to write a book of poetry instead of an album right now. You know, I thought at one point I'd heard you were going, you were thinking of going by your own name. You were going to abandon yeah. Cadence Weapon and yeah. go by Rolling Thunder. I was having an um, identity crisis. I just I was feeling like um, the name had been like ruined for me or something. You know, like just based like based on all the stuff I was kind of just talking about. This like, is you owning it. Yeah, this is you like reclaiming it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that making it the title too. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I, I'm okay with the name. Yeah. This is who I am. It's a great name. Yeah, yeah. Um, the more I talk about it, the more I realize people like it. <laughs> it's a so, fantastic yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, uh, anything else you want to say about uh, Don't Talk to Me? Um, yeah, I want to give a shout out to the guy who mixed this album, Frieza Chin. Okay. Um, he's a guy, he's from here, and he's like mixed all kinds of crazy tracks. Okay. Um, and he really did a lot for this album, and he brought it to that like level of like the new rap that I'm liking a lot and like made it sound the way it's supposed to and yeah I want to give him props okay <laughs> that's yeah. great that's great we move on to uh, the next song on the record which is produced by uh, Chef Buyer yeah and Trouble Knot yeah and it's called Large Large caught a wave and know we ain't gonna fall everywhere we go they know just who we are rolling through you know my crew involved Every time we drop, you know we do it large Haters in the place, better vacate Making big moves, you in the same space I was narrating on payday You was devastated, play hating on me every day I don't really know what they trying to say I don't see shit in the same way Been this way since grade 8 When I'm getting paid, don't let it come a day late No, I'm not sentimental, independent Living in the present, trying to stay great No, I'm not calm and gentle, kind of mental Swinging off the trees like a primate Don't really care about the shit you're into James Baldwin on the instrumental Speak straight up, no window. Might throw a brick right up in your window Back in the days, used to play Nintendo Now I don't play games, less it pays the rental Trying to stay draped up in some Kinsel Trying to pay for the range, navigate the Benzel Trying to put me in a box, but it ain't that simple a lot of cats rap, but they spit conventional. So many flows make it rain torrential. Raise the issue, raise with the page and pencil. Caught a wave and know we ain't gon' fall. Everywhere we go, they know just who we are. Rolling through, you know my crew involved. Every time we drop, you know we do it large. With my team, we do it large. With a check, I do it large. When I flex, I do it large. Everything we do is large. When I move, I do it large. With the bars, I do it large. With my girl, I do it large. Everything we do is large. Okay, I love this song, personally. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. And it's one of my favorites to play, as well. Because it's, like, definitely bars. Like, this was yeah. one where I really wanted to stunt really hard. And I wanted to kind of just, like... this. Was, I feel like this is the most Toronto-ish that, sounding track. See, did you see well. what I just did there? Canadian self-conscious laugh at someone saying they wanted to uh, stunt. Stunt. Well, that's what I'm talking. I talk about that in this song. It's so ingrained in we, me. We can't help it. I can't. Do, like I promote the show and yeah. I do stuff, but I try to do it just like here it is. Like I don't try to brag about it or anything. Listen, and- here's what we're gonna do. Okay, Vish, <laughs> you're gonna come into this studio next time you're here. Next time I come here, yeah, I want to see you with a creative control chain. <laughs> All caps. I can't do it. I, I, I have a slight bit of a, I have a modicum of modesty. You got to stunt on these people. I, it's hard. I, <laughs> I, f- I want the work to speak for itself. I think you were in that boat too. I, I feel that way too. Yeah. But sometimes it's okay to say that you're dope. I feel like the show's good. 
It yes. just doesn't get the attention it deserves. That's I think, what I'm talking about. I think about. it is a very good show. And there some, we go. A small number of people tell me it's a good show, and they, a good number of people listen to it. But at the same time, I want it to be like in the news all the time. Mm-hmm. I want, it to, I want oh, people yeah. to be like, that is the best music interview podcast. No, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, see, now you got me riled up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would normally not do Let this. Let me put a beat on. <laughs> <laughs> so this is you stunting. Yeah, definitely. This is me yeah. stunting. Kind of like, I don't know, it's like, I felt like people in the past, you know, have derided me for not being like as as good of a rapper or whatever that they think. And, and this is me just like showing them, like, listen, this is what it really is. You know, like I'm making these records, I'm doing these all these things. You know, it's like I think the real essence of this song, though, and I think it's more in the second verse that I really like about it. It, it, it I'll say in the first verse, there's one line I love. Yeah, it's like I. <laughs> I say it's like, don't care about the shit you're into. James Baldwin on the instrumental. <laughs> That's good. Speaks, speak straight up, no innuendo. Might throw a brick right up in your window. Now, and then I go to this one line, which is, try to put me in a box, but it ain't that simple. Now, it's like a double entendre. Yeah. Where it's like, so many people in like music industry, once you're doing one thing, they'll only let you do that for the rest of your life. Because they know how to market that. Yeah, yeah, and they're used to it. Yeah. And if you change... It makes people uncomfortable. I always want to change. Every time I come out with a record, I want it to be totally different. You know? And it's, but it's like they try to put you in that box and they want to keep you in it and dig a hole and put the box in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And yeah. it's like they're trying to kill you. Yeah. So that's, you. Yeah. yeah. So that's my. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My way of being like, I'm not accepting that. There's a, one of the reasons I think I was first really into uh, hip-hop and rap music when I was like a little kid is that I could sense the aspirational and political aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Drake, and again, I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but I feel like, I, I, first of all, let me come clean. I am not a tremendous fan of the Drake, mm-hmm. but there's something about Started From The Bottom, Now We Hear, that has seemed to transcend the song this just this notion as almost a mantra and yeah, your sure. chorus here is caught a wave and no we ain't gonna fall everywhere we go they know just who we are it's this sense of strength i think mm-hmm. this notion it, it is similarly a motivational chorus and i and yeah. I, I don't mean again i don't want to draw too fine a line between that Drake thing and, and you. I mean, like, that's like a, just a tenet of rap. It is, Like, exactly. there's been so many things like that. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely what I want this song to do, too. Like, yeah. it is aspirational. Yeah. I want people to listen to it um, when they go to the gym and, like, feel like they can lift a car. 
That's a, just a simple thing I'd like. A large car. A large car. As a like, matter of fact. Really large. Okay. Um, well, it's, and I mean, yeah, it's a bit of braggadocia. But then the second verse, I feel like I tap into something um, that I think is really important. Why won't you get out the way? I don't want minimum wage. I'm trying to get me some pay without me going insane. Don't get the digits the same. Get it in different ways. Yeah. Want my condition to change. Yeah. Like I requested a trade. I talk about I don't want minimum wage. Now when I say that, it's like, no, I, I'm, it's not just about like, oh, I want to make a bunch of money. It's like I literally do not want minimum wage, which is what is expected of me as a person of color. Hmm. From, hmm. In, in, you know, if you look at the statistics, yeah, like uh, black man versus white man, black man makes 26% less. Right. You know, why is that? You know, I don't deserve less. Right. I consider myself equal or better. Yeah. So um, it's, it's talking about those, those kind of distinctions. And, and, you know, and then I'm talking about, like, you know, the way that people make money as a musician is changing. You know, like, don't get the digits the same. Get it in different ways. Well, my conditions have changed, like I requested a trade. Um, it's, yeah, it's just about diversifying your portfolio. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And that's what I've been doing, too, like doing, like all, doing the voiceover stuff. I've been doing writing, hosting lectures, like. Making music, you're producing. Bi-coastal, you say. You're doing speeches. Yeah, yeah, doing speaking things. <laughs> yeah, speaking you know? engagements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's like you, you got to get in where you fit in. Yeah. You know, like today yeah. it's like you're not necessarily going to sell a bunch of records. But you never, I mean, the, we talked about this five-year gap. We've talked about how you're expanding your portfolio. We talked also about how you were thinking of giving up your name. Yeah. You never really seriously contemplated leaving this. And I think you mentioned the poetry book. But did you ever contemplate leaving all of this musical stuff behind? I mean, yeah, it, it crossed my mind yeah. just because it was getting to a point where it was so hard mm. to the point where it was like, wow, I was feeling really um, n- like unconfident about yeah. the music, like yeah. the in- the industry stuff, like, you know, the label I was on collapsed, stopped existing. I was like, what am I going to do? Upper you know? class? Yeah. Yeah. I don't exist. I didn't even notice that. Ex- well, there you go. <laughs> I feel badly for saying that. <laughs> well, that's, that's exactly the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, definitely wasn't wasn't. I was feeling like, oh, maybe. I mean, I could never stop making music because you know it's just like it's it's like uh, therapy to me. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. But um, definitely like just on an industry side, it did it briefly crossed my mind just because of like how like fucked up things were getting. But um, th- this is like yeah, I guess when I do these songs that are super like aspirational or like hyped up and like have that attitude, it's like it's almost like I'm trying to do it for myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, um, yeah, it's like a self-help. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think that's that's true. I think we express ourselves for some form of therapy in our, in our own way, and and it's therapeutic, so I, I see where you're coming from. When I flex, I do it large. Everything we do is large. When I move, I do it large. With the bars, I do it large. With my girl, I do it large. Everything we do is large. I want to move on to the next song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is um, more of a story. Yeah. I think it's about a, it sounds like it's about a specific person, but I think it's also about a type of person. It was produced by Jacques Green. It's called The Host. Mm-hmm. I'll be there right away. 1 a.m. when he wake up. A few more hours, gotta stay up. Had a little fight because he's out all night, but him and his girl just made up. He lives in apartment tower. He reads Resident Advisor. He's drinking a beer in the shower. Got more drugs than Pfizer. 
This club is a new Hacienda, new Tony Wilson. Party 24 hours, need intervention. Got a PA system, rotary mixer. Don't know how to use it, think it sounds sicker. Oh shit, buy a drink, get some more liquor. Small town boy, West End, feeling bigger. Whole club burning up, but it's still winter. You should give him a buzz, it's a lot dimmer. Welcome to the party. The sound system is booming, you know. We got the same system as fabric. Nah, for real. Any shit you need, I got it. And if I don't got it, he's got it. That guy in the corner's got it. So don't worry. And we're not getting shut down tonight. No way. You see, he paid that extra fee. If you know what I mean. But hey, who's your friend or what's her name? You mentioned that you're really immersed in club culture on some level. You encounter all types of characters, mm-hmm. ne'er-do-wells, yeah. and good people too. But the host sounds uh, like a, a person I would encounter, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. every community. Um, how would you describe this person, if you will? I would say he's like the Weinstein of club world. Yeah. You know, and it's like, obviously, I wrote this like way before all these things were happening, but it is particularly resonant now. I mean, the there 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 was a specific uh, DJ promoter person in Montreal that inspired me to write this song. But I've also encountered a lot of people who had elements of this, and I kind of put them all together into one. You know, whether they were a DJ or they ran an after-hours venue. And so just anyone in that world who had like a disproportionate amount of power and like and used it to turn their environment into like the cool place to be yeah right and it's like when you're when you're in there was a period of time in montreal where like after parties were going crazy Mm -hmm. like there was a party every maybe like four after parties like a week you know and it was like getting to the point where me and my friends we were just like i was djing a lot of them i was promoting them i was like putting together bills and like partying until like 8 a.m. and you know it became like just nightlife like that was like my whole life right like i sleep all day and just like be like when's the next party i'm gonna dj you know right 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 and um and everyone was just doing tons of drugs and it was just like this like super like self-destructive period during this time there are these like creepy people who are in power yeah and it's like it's almost like they had set themselves up to be in a position like that where they could kind of assert that power in in super negative ways yeah and it's like i didn't realize what was happening at the time but in retrospect it's like oh my god like some of this shit was like could have been criminal you know like i mean it's like there's not so much that i know specifically happened but it's more just talking about just a general like white privilege situation but you talk about this power dynamic being extinguished in a sense in the song uh, this person, this Weinstein type character, is uh, sort of exercised from the community. Like he, he, he. Uh, in this case, I think it's a he. Yeah. Um, has to leave. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, eats him alive. I mean, I mean, it's like this is like the call out culture. Yeah. You know, and that's what what happens in the song. It's like this guy who basically, when you look back and look at his body of work as a, an individual, it's like okay, he totally marginalized women and people of color would not hire them for his parties yeah would pay women less than men would like sexually harass like every woman he encountered you know and eventually it just like builds to a powder keg and he is forced to leave the community right um that 
it has actually happened in Montreal, you mm-hmm. know, and like I'm, and we, we've we've seen it a few times now. And I, I think this was like pre Weinstein, so it was like it already started a lot of changes in the community in good. Montreal. I mean, and, that's good. You know, I, and it's like because it's such a small community of of artists there. It's like everybody knows everybody, and it's like it got to the point. It's like we, we really need to like take a good look at what's happening in our community and really like protect each other. You know, it's like if we're going to talk about how we have this super like tight knit like self-governed like really like safe space focused mm-hmm. community we really have to like we can't like let people like this be a part of it anymore well it, it appropriately has a beat that i think is a bit sinister but also moves the story along like it's got a good mm-hmm. pace to it can you talk about jacques green jacques green he is uh become really one of my best friends um he uh is an amazing dj like world-class dj and um we have the same feeling about like the club world. Like I think him being from Montreal and me like living there for so long and, and like our perspective on like what clubbing really means. It's like, I think he knew exactly the kind of music to make for me. Like mm. we got together and like, he was just be like working on the music and jamming on and be like, Oh yeah, I like that. Like loop that. Maybe like move this to here. Mm-hmm. And like, we would just like hang out, you know? And like by the end we'd have like a song. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. So like we actually have a really great working relationship. And I think he really resonated with the idea of the song too. I mean, know? it's good of you. You mentioned that you know your earlier stuff was really uh, introspective and solitary. It sounds like social dynamics are a huge part of your music making now. Yeah, I didn't really think about doing that before, but like now that I I'm much more collaborative, um, it feels like less lonely. Yeah, you know, when you even listen to the music, like you feel like there's there's multiple hands in yeah. it. You know, and it's like not just like the other thing that was really important to me was to work with women on this mm-hmm. album because I look back at my previous albums I not only do I not collaborate with anyone but like I'd never done any music with a woman before really really no one, well, I mean one. I don't well no I don't think so huh I know it seems like insane but I mean I was mostly making all the music just by myself yeah, like producing it yeah. all and I was the only vocalist and the only guest really I ever had on an album was Buck 65 man that you can't stop the machine verse of his is still I still think of that verse it's hilarious it's amazing yeah yeah I feel like I can get different kinds of verses out of him than anyone else. For some I'm reason. number one. The rest of y'all are zero. zero. Very yeah. good. Very good. I love that man. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to move on to the next song, which is uh, you mentioned collaborating with women. Mm-hmm. It is Five Roses featuring Blue Hawaii. And it was mm-hmm. produced by Blue Hawaii as yeah. well. Wild roses, wild roses, where I'm from. Five roses, five roses flashing up above. I was eating like a kid back when Mac moved into our building in Ultramont. Used to treat a rack like it was a lick. Used to make a band, thought I made it big. Used to fill the float up with Laurier's. Back when I was living on Laurier. Going in and out, catching interference. We should hit the show, we should make appearance. Wading through the snow, hope they go and clear it. Hope that anybody shows, hope they wanna hear it. See the pink sky like Sean said. We think about life getting better. Used to hang around by the train tracks. Wish that we could do this forever. Forever, forever. Five Roses is, I think it's it's kind of connected to the host in a way because it's talking about like um, the first verse is this like nostalgia for Montreal and like Five Roses it references the big sign that 
blinks and says it's a flower company yeah Farine, uh yeah. five roses and it's like become this like marker for me whenever i return to town you know i'm like oh, i'm home i see the five roses <laughs> sign do you see that on the train when you come in yeah. on the train yeah, I've, yeah i've seen that sign yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you yeah. shout out mac demarco in the first yeah yeah there's like a lot of references like to some of my friends yeah like uh, i mean even like five roses like that's a miracle fortress album it's oh, yeah, called that's right. Five Roses. Yeah, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I say, like, I reference Think About Life just mm-hmm. by saying those words and um, See the Pink Sky, like Sean said. That's Sean Nicholas Savage. Yes, and, yes, yes. You know, like that, I wanted to, like, really talk about that era, and so I reference some of the people in it. Isn't you know? there a Blue Raincoat reference in this song? Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, that's how, like, I, I always saw Montreal as, like, oh, this is, like, my destiny. I, I need to live here. Like, yeah. You know, if I want to be like an, a Canadian artist, like this is the place to be. It's and a wonderful every t- I you know there's some cities I feel uncomfortable in mm-hmm. in Canada, and I always feel like Montreal is where I should be. Yeah, I mean it's really got such such a unique special essence to it, and um, yeah, me referencing Leonard Cohen there, it's yeah. kind of like yeah. that's how like obsessed with Montreal I was. Yeah. I bought a blue raincoat. I didn't even like think about it. <laughs> I only thought about it later. I was like, man, I'm walking around Montreal with a fucking blue raincoat on like I'm Leonard Cohen. It's sort of uh, sad to me that you're not there. It just You seem like you're in love with the place and you miss the people there. But it does also seem like you mentioned Adam's in, Adam Wado is now in Toronto. Yeah. People are moving around. People are moving. But people you know, leave Montreal. Honestly, though, like maybe by the time this interview comes out, I might be like living back in Montreal again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see there might be a boomerang effect there. Is there anything you want to say about... I mean, I don't want to delve too much into it. It's a very personal song lyrically. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. it's worth people pouring in, pouring over because they'll... You mentioned a few things. I'm I've very proud of this song. It's I'm very a, proud of the lyrics in this song. And in it's a, a very dynamic song for you in terms of there's rapping. There's I think there's some singing. There's a yeah. real emotive quality to it. And that is, I think, heightened also by Blue Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're very close friends of mine in Montreal. Yeah. And like Raphael, like fellow Albertan. That's right. Right. And from Calgary. Yeah, from Calgary. Don't front. Like she, yeah, she's not, not from Edmonton. Not she's from, from Calgary, from but Calgary. she's still okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've, we've like worked on stuff before, but like it didn't come out. And it was something like Agor, Alex Cowan, the producer of Blue Hawaii. He, yes. He, uh, he and I, we made some music before and he had, we, we, I was back in Montreal and I went to the studio with him and like he was just playing some stuff he'd made recently. I was like, oh my God, give me that. Right now, like send it. I was like heading on a train, like back to Toronto. I was like, yeah. I need that right now. Right, and um, I kind of like sat on it for a while, and then like something like clicked, and I like wrote a song like immediately. Oh wow, it's weird. Like it's like when I get the 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 influence, like it just like comes out really fast. Mm-hmm. And so part of it was like the first verse is this nostalgia for like hanging out in the train yards and just our kind of like bohemian lifestyle that we had, like where we were just like we we all we did was make art. And, you know, eat pizza and, you know, drink 40s and stuff. Yeah. And it, it, it felt very innocent. But then the second verse is about that loss of innocence that I think inevitably comes when you get older. Right. But particularly in Montreal, it comes back to what I was talking about with, like, the the kind of, like, nightlife shakeup that's kind of happened with certain people. And, you know, how we, you know, need need to remember our morality. Yeah. It's weird. It's like... I don't think that comes up in a lot of rap. Well, I, there's a like I mentioned earlier. You, I, I feel like as much as you are frenetic here, and really going for stuff, there's a sort of I, maturity is such a loaded term because it suggests something slowing down. I mm-hmm. think or being mm-hmm. tempered. Yeah. But I do think taking stock and 
having some control over your flow, mm-hmm. over your voice, over what you're going to talk about. Because a lot of this is about assertion of control. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like that comes through on a career vocational level, but also just like emotionally mm-hmm. and and taking control of your station in life and all those things. Like I, I feel like you're finding yourself a little bit. I feel like this is like something that I've always wanted to do, a song like this, yeah. where it's like not just like a total like blunt force beat to the face. Yeah. Like it's really like a big part of my personality is I'm extremely sensitive, yeah. emotional person. Yeah. You know, and like that might not really shine through in stuff that I made before. Mm-hmm. But um I think this album really features the two sides of my personality, like where I'm like very, you know, like super Pisces as hell. And then <laughs> and then like the other side of me is like I'm like rap god. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, so it's It's hard. It's yeah. hard to be a dynamic person sometimes. People want you to be one or the other. They want to put you in a box. Put you in a box. Forget about you. But it ain't that simple. We are going to move on to the next song, which is called Soju. Yeah. It is, uh, again, we uh, produced by Gibbs, who we, we, we spoke of earlier. Mm-hmm. Now every time I roll through, I'm sipping slow with my whole crew. Doing everything to make it fast like we're supposed to. Kill it every time we in the lab. Man, that's old news. Thinking about the obstacles we passed that we broke through. So Soju is another song that's like very introspective to me. Um, it's about drinking responsibly. That's the theme of that song. What is actually. Soju? Soju is um, this kind of like, I think it's Korean liqueur, kind oh, of like okay. Korean like rice wine type drink. And You have it like to compliment a dinner or something? Yeah, it's like yeah. very light. It's really nice. And um, I really got into it on a trip to L.A. where I was, um, I was actually um, marrying two people to each other. You were the, I was the officiant. Really? Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, an ordained minister. Yeah. What? Yeah, they I, got me ordained just to marry them to each other. It's like did my you old, do that online? They yeah they they did it all for me. <laughs> yeah, and it's a totally legally binding. Yes, marriage. I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah, and I did. It was like dope. Like my like my like speech and stuff. I did the, all the stuff. Yeah, good for you. It was on a mountain, which it comes up actually in the album on Infinity Pool. Oh, okay. Where I married some people and like I do. I, would we know the people you married? No. No, okay. No. They're just friends. They're just friends. Okay. But anyway, while I was in LA for that, I was uh staying with Owen Pallet. Oh, who yeah. was living there at the time. Yeah. And um we went out for dinner with a bunch of his friends and in in uh, little Tokyo and we were just like drinking mad soju and I was just like, "Man, this is like so chill." Yeah. Like I need to like just, you know, drink like this. This is so like 
felt good. Like I felt good after I drank it. You right, know? right. And it's like about the idea of like when I was, you know, a teen in Alberta, it was more just about like how much can I drink? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. I yeah. need to drink as much as possible. Right. Where instead of like what's the quality of what I was drinking? You know, and like just being more thoughtful about like that that, that kind of like imbibing in sure. anything, you know, because again, mature. Again, I don't want to invoke the M word, but no, it's okay. Maturity. It's yeah. okay. It's good to be mature. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I think it's, maturity is very cool. Okay. You know what's not cool is like dying young. Yes, exactly. That's, that sucks. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. So I'd rather be mature and alive. Personally. Yes. Yes. And you know, it's it, that's I kind of talk about this, which actually happened. Um, I got drunk, so drunk one time that. In Edmonton, that I fell asleep in a snowbank. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, seriously, like, um, you and, a, and a friend of mine actually happened to be driving by, and noticed a person face down in the snow. Really? Yeah, it's that bad. Yeah, just yeah. to be clear, an Edmonton snowbank, an Edmonton winter deep. is not. Yeah, it's a deep snowbank, but the cold is unlike most cold. Yeah, you can't really hang out outside that long. No, you shouldn't be. That's you know? really frightening. I didn't really, know this. Yeah, it was like very irresponsible of me. But you can kind of laugh about it now. But I mean, like, it's kind of funny in a way, but... And it's, like, a very... Some super Canadian shit. It seems very sad to me, I but yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, this brings me to the... Um, I guess it's sort of the coda. The, mm-hmm. the, or the conclusion, or whatever you want to call it. You know we ain't trying to die, we're going to make it out alive. You repeat this a lot, mm-hmm. and it's in a distorted voice, and yeah. it, it really is impactful. Mm-hmm. Again, we've talked about the aspirational quality of the record and, and the writing here. This seems significant to me. This the way this song ends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t- to me, it's like kind of my like eight oh eight heartbreaks moment. Yeah. And um, I I felt like doing that just came up in the studio too. Like it wasn't like written or planned. But I was thinking like, yeah, that's the essence of this song. Is it's like I wanted people to really resonate with it to be like you know we this like self destructive like rock and roll you know lifestyle which like we see so much with like the new rap is just like about total hedonism and like debauchery debauchery and like doing as many, like, you know, pharmaceutical drugs as possible. And it's like, I don't want to rap about that shit. I don't want to, like, big it up. I don't want, you know, it's not who I am. Like, I want to live, like, a long time, you know? It's funny that you've had this awakening and I think, a really nihilistic period in our timeline. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everyone is just like, well, the the earth is ending. Clearly people don't care. They're electing the weirdest, worst people in the world. Why yeah. do I feel so optimistic? I, it's weird. I am very great. optimistic about it's like, great. the future. It's great. I feel of... like you had, because again, you're a tastemaker, I think you're a bit of a soothsayer. I feel like Hope and Dirt City is more reflective of this time yeah. than this record yeah. is. But yeah. this is the kind of record we need in this time because mm-hmm. it gives a sense of, it's a, a hopeful trajectory. It's yeah. like a sense of, no, there is, this is worth doing. This is worth living. It's like taking inventory of like the problems that are going on in, in, in life today and like deciding let's do something about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, mm-hmm. let's move on. Yeah, I sure. think we're okay to move on. And yeah. I feel like the next song that is System. System, yeah. System, which is produced by... Or Ango. Ango. Clerks say brother when they greet him. 
Dads talk jive when they meet him. Yeah, it's irritating, but at least they're not hating like the cops every time that they see him. He's kicked out of stores like it's urgent, even though a nigga just purchased. Old ladies clutching their purses. When he walking down the street, they get nervous. He just got a job in service, but the higher ups make him feel worthless. Sold the most jeans that the mall's ever seen, but they don't give a fuck how he's working. He goes to the club with his figures, all the white folks singing out nigga. Came to get saved by the river. Now he's feeling like a slave to the system. I've been, I've been going hard. Trying to get up off the wall. Won't let my cup hit the bottom. This is a night forevermore. We born in the night right now. This is so. Ango is a dude also from Montreal, right? Um, um, rep in Montreal, but he lives here, and uh, he's a producer of all kinds of stripes, and he's kind of a part of the same crew as like a Jacques Green or like Lunas, like okay. he's like similar. Okay. Um, and it features Brendan Phillip. Yeah, who's Brendan Phillip? Brendan Phillip is one of my favorite artists, and he is from Toronto, and he's like amazing, like kind of singer, but he like makes kind of house music and. It's uh, very futuristic, and I feel like he's a really unheralded artist who mm. hasn't really gotten like a shot to like put out music properly. And I was like trying to work with him so hard, you know, like when I moved here. Yeah. And uh, eventually, Ango and him they have an EP together that's coming out. Oh, okay. And um, I had been talking to Ango about doing something together for a long time, and um, it all just kind of came together. It was like, yeah, let's like all meet up in the studio and let's like do do a track. And so the idea of this song. Is something that was like really important to me on this album. It's like I wanted to have different perspectives and really think about, you know, it's a thing that I like to do in all my work is uh, talk about like, you know, why people do the things they do, you know? And like this song is about like the salvation of the dance floor. You know, it's about like mm. why we go to the club. You know, it's like maybe they forget about our problems or like, you know, feel feel better. Yeah. You know, and until you have to go back to work or whatever, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes that doesn't even work. Because, you know, it crops itself up at the party. The song is really all about microaggressions, if you're familiar with this term. I, I am familiar with the term. Yeah. How, how do you mean? Uh, like, either, like, racial or sexist microaggressions. Okay. Like, um, the first verse is basically, from my perspective, as a black person. Um, Did this happen to you, by the way? I... Like, all the stuff yeah. I'm talking about has happened to me in, in no uncertain terms basically yeah it's inspired by me but also like people i've talked to too like the the second verse though is like really inspired by like women in my life and well i feel like if if the first verse is a uh, about you and you you write in the third person but i couldn't help but feel like the first verse was about yourself yeah and uh, like a first person account written in the third person and then similarly for the second it feels like you might be addressing among other things a bad boyfriend yeah 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 i mean it's like it's, there's a little like almost a joke about myself. Yeah, there. like you know, it's like about uh, I basically call myself out for um, uh, gaslighting almost. You know, like by like you know when you know my you know say like my girlfriend complaining, it's talking about issues at work or something, and like it's like no, I'm like focusing on my rapping. You know, and like it's like he acts like the shit never happened. It's a very common thing to uh, I don't know what it is. It's particularly about work. I feel like it's 
pretty common to block off someone else's work concerns for your own. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird and, impulse. I mean, it's like me acknowledging that, like, I've probably done that before, you know, and, like, I think a lot of guys do that kind of thing. Why is that? What's wrong with us? Well, we're the worst. <laughs> That's come, <laughs> becoming clear. Guys yeah, are the absolute worst. We're the worst, yes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I also, yeah, so I just wanted to write that verse, too, just to be, like, it was it was really inspired by by my girlfriend, hmm. and I, I wanted to show her that I've been listening. But is the system a social system? Um, it's like the systematic structures that like, like that of, of like work that control us. Hmm. You know, like it's like in the first verse, it's like a guy who works at the mall, mm-hmm. um, who is very good at his job but doesn't get acknowledged, and only and has like racist shit happen to him all day. Like this that, that this shit like. At yeah. the first, at the top of that verse, that is like my like put that on my tombstone. Like that's like my life. It's like, <laughs> but you live for the night. We're we we're, we're reborn in the night right now. Let's just soar right now before we have to come right down, right down. It's a, this kind of this escapism that happens at night. Yeah, the sunlight yeah. kind of is the sun and the day. It's very hard to find that release. You can forget know. about it. You can like lose yourself in the music. Yeah. You can, like, yeah. Or remind yourself of, like an old song, and it reminds you of like an old time when you were yeah. happier. Like there's like so many things. Like music is so powerful. Yeah. You know, and it's like I wanted to. This is, again a very optimistic song in the end. Yeah. Because you know it's like it talks about all these problems, but it's like you can find salvation through music. Okay. Well, that was well put. I think we should move on to yeah. High Rise. Yeah. City life has got you down. is an amazing song produced by Jacques Green again mm-hmm. and we've talked about your moving around a little bit we've talked to you about you living in Edmonton Montreal Toronto you once wrote a song called Real Estate which yeah. was more kind of tongue in cheek I thought but this seems like a very direct analysis of uh, what's happening with uh, how people are able to live mm-hmm. in cities these days it's a this sarcastic hypnotic chorus move into a high rise like it's almost like a subliminal message yeah it's it's like well it's that that part is like is like the uh, real estate agent like telling you yes you know it's like the pitch <laughs> yes exactly what inspired this song okay so this is inspired by me and my girlfriend moving to toronto mm-hmm. and when we were looking for a place to live um it was really hard it took super long time and you know like whether it was because like obviously i had some um landlords who like didn't want to rent to us um because oh, of you're... of me being a black person that happened a couple times actually how do you know when that's happening i know it's an assumption to make but there was a guy in Roncesvalles who um only asked me about what i did for money oh he didn't, didn't ask, ask her anything only asked me and was just like so like how are you going to be able to pay rent here basically you know how did you respond i was like well i'm a professional musician you know i'm a writer you know yeah 
and he was just you know he, he was, he was like it. grilling me huh. like for all kinds of information and, and while I'm like behind his back like my girlfriend's like giving me the eye like let's get out of here <laughs> yeah 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 totally you know yeah um but that yeah sucks. we we I'm looked sorry. at i mean yeah i mean it's sometimes you have to deal with that but um, on a lesser level i've i've dealt with some of that stuff mm-hmm, too and mm-hmm. i'm not uh but i i haven't I don't know. I also think I am naive about that stuff. I mean, like when I would go to look at apartments, I would always put on my like um, apartment outfit, what? <laughs> which was like my like I have a very nice coat, yes, you know, and like you know like a button up shirt and stuff. And look, yeah. I would look like not that hip hop, <laughs> and occasionally I'd just be like, I'm a writer, yes, you know, like yes. I'd be yeah. kind of like kind of hide. One yeah, one time like they found out I was a musician, and they they were like, well, we had a drummer here once, so we're not going to let you guys move in. Oh. And I was like, I'm not a drummer. No. I'm not going to be practicing drums. But anyway, yeah. um, this song was inspired by that whole experience because it got to the point where we were like, we're not going to be able to find like a nice like house or like an apartment to like move into. Maybe we should just do like one of those high rise apartments or like mm-hmm. or like a condo. Let's just do the condo thing. You know, and I remember just like I was super stressed, like and I was like actually I was like taking a bath because I was so stressed. Right. And the song needed a soak, and the song came to me. And huh. I was like, just in the tub. Like it's, a com- it's a commentary on your own situation, but I think it's a commentary on what a lot of people are going through. Yeah, and I lived on College Street at the time. Yeah, so I'm which just you like, shout out a little bit. Well, you sort of shout it out. You kind of put it down. Well, yeah, no, it's like it's it's from it's the pitch. Yes, from the real estate person. It's like ah. it's way better than where you're living right now. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and it's like yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely like this. I I see like some kind of like American Psycho vibes in it. Whereas and in this kind of like yuppie, almost like eighties lifestyle, like it's definitely yeah. I don't know. I hope people understand like the perspective of it because I I definitely you know I'm not like pro condo. No, no, I, no, no, not I mean, at it's all. Obvious. No, it's I like, thought you were making a critique about it, and and like you say about what the, the pitches that you get. And you know, yeah, like when I say like city life can drive you mad. I've seen it happen. It's so sad, yeah. and it's like very extremely like fake. Yes. Being sad. Yes. And that's like how I, I see like these these um, real estate agents, they, they treat um, mental health issues, you know, like they they'll, uh, like take take out all these like cheap services for homeless people and, yeah. you know, totally like gut these neighborhoods like they're trying to do Parkdale and um, they don't care about who they displace. Yeah. You know, but like they'll pretend that they care to like be able to build what they want to build. Um and this notion of like who needs community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like who yeah. needs all the like all the building blocks of like what made this community so good that you want to build a giant tower there? Yeah, you kind of forgot. It's an amazing commentary on it. I'm I'm actually really happy that you've spoken out about as much of the uh, many things that you've spoken out about on this record are really integral. I love in the last verse. There's um, you know, lose the need to be house proud. Yeah, get over the underground. Yes, yes, you that's know? very good. Like, Get up, get up there, get get into this condo. I'm You'll trying be happier. To, I'm clinging to our downtown home, mm-hmm. and some people I think view it as uh, uh, downtown Guelph. Yeah, but some people view it as kind of this vain attempt at staying hip and cool. And I'm like, mm. no, no, it's just better. Yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. to tell you. It's just oh. better to be down here. So I don't want to live in a suburb. Anyway, fantastic song. We are going to move on now to a song you alluded to earlier. It is called Infinity Pool. It features KCMQ. Yeah. Sedative in me for negative energy, all my amenities cool. No more rigidity, need my serenity, live in infinity pool. Secret identity, who? No, I don't think you should know. Said that she's knowing my face like memory foam, all in my pillow at home. 
I said, nice to know you, no crossing the border, she's sweeter than cinnamon, girl. Been in Topanga, I hosted a wedding, I fell off a cliff taking selfies. Nearly fell down some stories for my story, recorded some shit that ain't important. All of these flights are remaining in orbit, and all of the prices stay exorbitant. Returning for tour, I'm treating this shit like it's war, settling the scores, rental van look like a tank, I'm out here going for broke, used to be poor, now I spend cash on couture, happily breaking the bank, back at the door, cop that thing back at the store, don't know what this shit is for. KCMQ. He is is a really amazing musician. I met him through another artist that I worked with a little bit on uh, on the album named Tika, and uh, he produced for her and was DJing for her mm-hmm. at a show that we all did together on a boat. On a boat? Yeah, it was on a boat, and um, <laughs> I was like loving his beats, and I talked to him there, and then we ended up linking up and working on some stuff in his studio. I think he's going to be a really popular artist in okay. the next couple years. Like he's he's got some great ideas. Um, but this song is all about, um, conspicuous consumption. Conspicuous consumption. Yeah. It's all about buying some shit that you don't need. And then like that kind of like that excitement you get when you buy a cool thing and then like the remorse after and, Hmm. and how it's like these things are supposed to like give us meaning, but like, like they don't really. And just kind of agonizing with like technological like distress as well like the idea of like yeah i'm like yeah i'm gonna use this uber but like i don't really think about like this guy's life when he's not driving me around you know like i'm gonna like torrent this movie and just delete it after you know it's like this kind of like disdain for 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 (laughs) for all objects you know it's like this it's this it i i I love the the mood of this song i love it it's quite a juxtaposition from what we were talking about earlier and some of the songs from earlier where you're you're kind of flexing a materialistic muscle yeah about things yeah i love shit i love buying i do too i think that's the problem i I, I, I I love it but i know it's bad yeah i'm trying like to reconcile that so this is the reconciliation to that a little bit you also said that wasn't there some allusion to that wedding you performed yeah yeah where i'm like uh been in topanga because the wedding was in topanga canyon right been in topanga I, i hosted a wedding i fell off a cliff taking selfies that's right Right. Which is true. That's... I actually was like, wow, this is such a great view. Let me use my phone. Did you really fall off the cliff? I started sliding down the cliff and like I grabbed and I had to. People you know, had died doing this stuff. All the time, yeah. And it's like I almost died, probably. Like it, w- it was really far down, you know? Would have ruined their wedding. Uh, at the very least, it would have ruined their wedding. Yeah. It would have been a bad situation. It's true. Technology is kind of ki- all this stuff is kind of killing us, isn't it? Yeah, but in that case, it like it was like such a metaphor to me. It hmm. was like, wow, I literally almost killed myself because my fucking phone. <laughs> you know, and it's like that's that's how I feel with so many different things. And like in this like bridge part in the song, you yeah. know, like I'm talking about my girlfriend. She likes to buy me flowers, yeah, and stuff. And um, it's still buying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like this like emotional like nice gesture but it still requires like commerce yeah you know and i'm talking about like you know how we're trying to like find our way in like this new city and and you know trying to like make the most of it but then there's like i'm still like and then i'm back in the line you know i'm like 
I wait in line. In Toronto, it's like people are obsessed with waiting in line for stuff. Yes. Like different, like, oh, well, yeah, it's like this new shoe came out. So there's like 800 <laughs> people in line. And, like, I'm like, I need the shoe. Yeah. I need to have the same shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like kind of like, you know, I love that saying, like, it isn't productive. That's I'm talking about products. It isn't productive. He- there's some heavy stuff going on in this record. I, I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, are we able to... Get to the end here. Yeah, let's rock out. You mentioned that uh, you you have a thing about after parties. There, something you're slightly scarred, I think, by after parties. We're going to move on to <laughs> the uh, final song on the record. It's called "The After Party," produced by Double Dutch. Yeah, yeah I think it's at the stairwell. To be good and true, misbehaved just a little bit. Finally made it to the venue. Can you see my name on the list? Know the guy who runs the place. Talk to him almost every day. Doubt he hears a fucking word I say. Poor man, bitch, get out the way. Where we going? There's no after party. No more turning up until the sunlight. In credits, ain't no introspection, ain't no resolution to the star wipe. Superstition, all the prayers and wishes, it ain't doing nothing for your real life. Politicians talk about religion, but nobody knowing what it feels like. When you're getting strapped in the ambulance, it don't matter when the rent's due. Spend your life fronting on a gram, but you can't take them likes with you. Could be president or destitute, executive or up for execution. You could be elected, you could be arrested, you could live your life and never learn the truth. No going in and out, okay. If you leave to go smoke, you gotta stay okay. Kinda like paradise, okay. Upstairs, just follow the light, okay. But there's a club downtown, okay. It's hot, but it's real underground, okay. And it never shuts down, okay. In the room, there's a big smoke cloud, okay. But all I want is more time. Balling out with my kin, folk. Got me up all night. Stand in line for the limbo. Lord, I'm trying to get high. Beat us at tempo, trying to have the time of my life, but they won't let me inside. I made a note here, depressing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to, <laughs> I, I feel like, yeah, it could be perceived as depressing, but I think it's, um, I, I felt like it was like learning about myself a lot. You know, the, the song is, it's a metaphor, right? Yeah. Where the after party, I'm talking about like the big after party in the sky, basically. Oh, I see. Right? Yeah. And so, and it's talking about like, you know, I've all my life it's been about being on the list. You know, it's like will I be on Guess the list. final oh, list? Right. Oh. St. Peter, you know. I didn't clue into that. I just yeah. thought it was another club metaphor. No, no, and it's like the clubs like I'm talking about in the bridge. It's like it's like no going in and out, okay? Right. If you leave to go smoke, you got to stay, okay? Right. Limbo, right? Kind of like paradise, like ah. paradise garage, hmm. but it's paradise. Upstairs just follow the light. Okay. Mm, okay, I get it now. But there's a club downtown, okay. It's hot, but it's real underground, okay. <laughs> and it never shuts down, okay. In the room, there's a big smoke cloud, oh, okay. Right? That's weird. Like, that's what clubs are like, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Heavenly, hellish. There's some nice ones and there's some bad ones. Yeah, and it's like, that's fascinating. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, obviously, like. Didn't that, even clue in. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it isn't like super obvious. Because, like, in the verses, yeah, I talk about, like, just. You know, where we're going, there's no after party. That's the theme. You know, it's like there's like, you know, there's no end credits. It's not a tidy conclusion. 
Like it's like possibly nothing happens. Yeah, but there's like a, there's a, this thing with clubs where if you're somebody, they'll let you in. Yeah, and you're in reasserting yourself as Cadence Weapon. There is this sense that you've been forgotten by this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And by yeah. the end of the record, you're back to that feeling of like I need to remind people who I am, and that's fascinating. Like to me in too. this case, it's, it would be God. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Are you generally a spiritual, religious person? No, no, no. But it's like I'm very like I'm spiritual, but like not for a specific thing. Yes. Like I believe that you know. I feel like there's just too many things that are like in, insane coincidence for it to have not been yeah, made by somebody. Sure, but I mean that could just be my stupid human mind. No, no, no. Figuring I, it out. I think you know? we we look for meaning uh, in a sometimes meaningless life, <laughs> you know, where or, or a, a nonsensical life. We're trying to find meaning here and there. And like in the last verse, I I actually talk about um the planet Earth that we live on, and I feel like a lot of people. Um, yeah, I'm, I, they don't, you know, there's this sense of, especially with like Trump, you know, I'm really talking about Trump a lot in this verse. This is like my like kind of end of the world verse. Yeah. You know, where it's like everybody wants to tear the club up, but when it's fucked up, they don't have insurance. Right. You know, like it's like everybody wants to like destroy this planet. They treat the planet like a rental car. Yes. That's... Acting like it isn't where we are. Nihilism is the life we're living. Make you want to take a flight to Mars. You know, it's like. We're going to just, like, totally destroy this planet and just hope that we can populate somewhere else and do the same thing. Well, it seems to be what's happening, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, talks about, I, I'm kind of talking about, like, almost like the, like, you know, all lives matter people. and But I, I end with, like, a lot of optimism. This is, like, maybe, to me, is one of the most important lines on the album. It's one of my favorite lines. It's, like, could be the end of an empire, could be the start of a new age. All of my people are inspired. All of my people are enraged. And that's, like, exactly how I feel about, like, everyone, like, life right now. Yeah. Is that, like, everyone's, like, super pissed off by, like, the way things are going. But I feel like I've never seen as much engagement. It's true. People are ever. aware of of things more, and that's why they're pissed off. Yeah, yeah. And and it's, like, there's, it's, it's like a half, glass half full or mm. half empty way of seeing things. Like, this could be, like, the end of, like an empire that's been in charge for a long time yeah. of the world. Yeah. Or it could be like the start of like a, a new better time. You yeah. know, which is what we're seeing with like a lot of like the Weinstein stuff too. Like I think this is finally the way of getting rid of the old guard. Yeah. You know, it's like this could be it. The old know? guard and the old philosophies, I think. <laughs> old ways of doing things. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like a real sea change. Well, it's uh that's another remarkable song and I, I thank you, Roly, for going through the whole thing with me. It's uh, unbelievable. I, I I found this very insightful and I'm glad you're in a good place. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wanted to, you know, and I want to give a shout out to um, Chris Moncada at at the label. Um, E1. E1. Yeah. um, Because he gave me some great advice just of, you know, like, let's like, you know, you're good at rapping and you for rapping sake. But, you know, you know, it's good to rap about something. Yeah. You know, it's like sometimes it's easy to like lose sight of that because it's very fun to rap about nothing. I feel like you've always rapped about something. I mean, I, I, but this does seem more purposeful if that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. mainly what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Where can people learn more about uh, Cadence Weapon and the record Cadence Weapon? Well, you know, you can hit me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Cadence Weapon. Yeah. At Cadence Weapon. Okay. Um, all the info for everything will be there. I'm going to be playing a bunch of shows. I'm going to be back out there. And uh, please say hi. And like, I want to hear what people think of the album because, uh, not, not having an album out for so long and not being able to have like, the the reflection of the audience like telling you what they think like 
you know, it's been uh, it's been like I've been in stasis. Yeah, yeah, so totally. I, I'm very excited to hear what people think. Well, I, I, if it's for what it's worth, I think they're going to love it. Great. That's how I feel, and I want it. I want that to spread. You got me hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a particular song we can go out on from this uh, record that uh, you know something we can play for people? Yeah, um, I I would probably say, you know, Infinity Pool. I think really Is, Infinity, Infinity Pool. Pool is my favorite. Okay. It's, it's. I think it is my favorite song on the album. Okay. I mean, it's like such a vibe. No, it's fine. I just, I, I know that there's some more assertive songs towards the top of the record. Infinity Pool is a great song. I think that's a good choice. Cool. All right. This is Infinity Pool by Cadence Weapon. Uh, Roly, thank you so much for being on this show. Happy New Year and best of luck with everything going forward. Yeah. And thanks for uh, all the support over the years. Sedative in me for negative energy. All my amenities cool. No more rigidity, need my serenity, live in infinity pool. Secret identity, who? No, I don't think you should know. Said that she's knowing my face like memory foam, all in my pillow at home. I said, nice to know you, no crossing the border, she's sweeter than cinnamon, girl. Been in Topanga, I hosted a wedding, I fell off a cliff taking selfies. Nearly fell down some stories for my story, recorded some shit that ain't important. All of these flights are remaining in orbit, and all of the prices stay exorbitant. Return if it's war, I'm treating this shit like it's war Settling the scores, rental van look like a tank I'm out here going for broke, used to be poor Now I spend cash on couture, happily breaking the bank Jack of the door, cop that thing back at the store Don't know what this shit is for It isn't productive, I'm waiting for something, I'm going right out of my mind. Copping some shit to define what I've been hoping to find. Scared that there ain't nothing there, buyer beware, hoping my car gets declined. Used to go walking for miles, now I can't rise from some guy. Trying to provide, hoping his family alright. Play with my phone in the quiet, the food just arrived, the tour incomplete. When we get finished, I'm pressing delete, play on repeat. Feeling swept up in the stream, hoping to get some relief.
Special thanks to Cadence Weapon, a.k.a. Roly Pemberton, for being on this, the 375th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One podcast network and available on all your finer podcast platforms. If you can't find an episode you're looking for or you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at vishcreative or follow me at vishkana. And listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please consider visiting patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. I'd like to thank uh, my sponsors once again. I mentioned them at the top of the show. Uh, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, all those people. Thank you so much. Thanks to you for listening to the show and continuing to listen to the show and download episodes and subscribing to the show, telling your friends about the show, rating and reviewing the show. All those things are deeply kind of you and they help the show. So spread the word about Creative Control and I'll keep making this show for just as long as is humanly possible. Thank you once again for listening to this one. I will talk to you very soon. Goodbye for now. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.